What's up, cool safe chicks? It's your girl Day. I'm Denisha. This is Lauren. And I'm Ayana. And you're tuned into Saved Girl Secrets. Oh, <laughs> All right, ladies. This is our 100th episode. Can y'all believe that? Yeah, yeah I really can. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> Lauren, what make you say you can believe it? Why you say like that? We've been running for Jesus for a long time. <laughs> running for Jesus. Okay. As long as we're not running from him. Yeah. yeah. We've been running for Jesus a long time. Yes. Lord, I'm not tired yet. Well, I mean, it's at the hundredth episode. I mean, at this point, we didn't been through a panoramic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we recorded in whole separate states right now. It's like. Yep. We've, we've been through some things in these 100 episodes. So I'm just proud of us. Mm-hmm. I really am. So this week on this episode, we are going to do something. I don't know if we've done this before. Have we done a secret? I life? think we did it briefly on one other episode. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I don't think it was the whole episode. So it wasn't. It was. Yeah. yeah. Well, this week we're coming to y'all literally with a secret letter that it was, you, what was Aaliyah's song? I'm sending you a four-page letter. Listen. <laughs> this one was long, okay? It was long. So we are going to address this secret letter from our girl who shall remain anonymous, our secret sister. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to read some of it, and then we're going to hop right in. Yep. So the letter literally starts off by a long exhale. Going to try and give y'all the short version. I was pregnant and I got married because I was convinced that I should. Going back to 2009, I was a senior in high school, making my final college decisions and looking for scholarships to help with the cost. Um, I started my first job and was hopeful for my future. I wasn't sexually active, not even a full year before finding out I was pregnant. I knew nothing about the changes my body was displaying. Looking back now, I was still a kid just trying to figure it out. I was still in high school. I got pity from my administrators. I heard the whispers and I got stares because I was a pregnant girl in high school. Um, Not only was I physically wearing and carrying a result of an immature decision, Love my baby, but this is me being transparent. That's what she said. Um, It completely changed the world around me. She says that her friend's parents didn't want them around their kids, I guess, thinking she was a bad influence. And um, she said, but at the time, I didn't realize that that was the easiest part of it all. So saying that that high school experience was the easiest part of this letter is what she's saying, y'all. All summer long after graduation, everyone asked me, what are you going to do? Is the father involved? She said she felt an immense amount of pressure and expectation from everybody. Fast forward, we welcomed a baby girl in September of 2010 and her father, her and the child's father decided they would move in together to raise the child as co-parents. It didn't go well with our families because they thought we were shocking and playing house. They told us that we needed to get married. I was only 19 and I barely even knew this man. But I was in love and I had plans. I was going to show the world I wasn't just another black teen mom statistic. I'm going to skip down a little bit. 
Um, She goes on and says, I will be 29 this year and I'm not the same girl I was 10 years ago. Um, I had to prove everybody wrong. And here we are 10 years later. I'm extremely unhappy, suffering, and I'm begging God to change my circumstance. My marriage is not what I know God had for my life. But what do I do now? We've now added three beautiful children to our family. Nevertheless, I'm not proud of the life that we have created together. Um, There's been fighting and many nights spent crying out to God. She said she didn't marry a man of God. Am I going too long out? Mm-mm. No, okay, okay, okay. no, not at all. No, gotcha. No. Okay, okay, okay. Um, she says, I'm looking for a way out and have been praying for such a long time. We even recently moved to, I'm not going to say the city because I don't want to put her out there, in mm-hmm. hopes of giving ourselves a clean slate and a fresh start. But as I grow closer to God, the further my husband is going in the opposite direction, there's been infidelity lying, mismanagement of money, no help with the children, you name it. I have been through it with him. I have stories to last a lifetime. I know what I should do, but how do I know God will honor my decision this time and send me a husband my heart truly desires was created from me. Here I am talking about willingly leaving a marriage to become a single mom of four, question mark, exclamation point, shaking my head. I'm not what most people would consider marketable at this point. So it seems like a big task. I just believe my children deserve to see the healed and whole version of me. How does a Christian woman get a divorce and still be virtuous? That was a lot, y'all. It was. That was a long letter. Yeah, it was. Um, Okay. It's so many pieces that we can like kind of pick apart with this letter and kind of minister to whoever's in that state. Um, Cause especially, cause we have, we have so many different women that listen. We have people in college, we have people out of college. We have people who are our age. We got women mm-hmm. in their forties. We got women in their fifties. Shoot. My mom is in her sixties. She listens to every episode. <laughs> so <laughs> We cover a wide range of women. Um, so I'm going to start with the beginning for me. Um, with her being a pregnant teen mom um, and the part where, you know, they decided to co-parent and, you know, the parents were talking about shacking up and blah, blah, blah. I think I wanted to address that because I see that happen all too often. And I feel like as a young lady, you don't need to be pressured into getting into all of that. Like, especially at a young age, like I personally do not think you have to get married to the person that you um, have a child with um, just because it's and that's like, such a, it's such a non-Christian ideal mm-hmm. to even think that way though. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it definitely against. a, yeah, it's definitely a non-Christian ideal because we have been raised in the church where it's like, every time I've seen somebody get pregnant, they cover it up with a marriage. And Ooh. it's like, it, I mean, just being honest, that's how it comes mm. out, especially like when 10 years later, like her, her story is not unique because I've heard it so many times and yep. then people end up getting divorced. So it's like to avoid all of that, why don't we just address the issue at hand and allow these people to grow up? Because I've also heard stories and seen people to where they might get pregnant at a teen age 
And then they decide, okay, I'm not going to get married to this person. And they might end up getting back together years later when they're both mature, they're both at a different state in life. And there's no pressure behind them getting married because marriage isn't going to solve the fact that you had a child out of wedlock or it's not going to make it look better in the eyes of God as the church or traditional church may say. God has already forgiven you. He already loves you. He's not looking at you or judging you because you had a child out of wedlock. So as the church, especially traditional churches who operate in religious beliefs, that needs to stop because a lot of people are getting into bondage filled relationships um, because they're trying to cover up a sin, you know, you know, so it's like, let's just stop doing that and stop putting pressure on 17, 18, 19 year old children, basically. Yeah. Who, you know, when I was 19, I just thought I was so grown. I didn't yeah. stop. Yeah. But you're, I mean, you yeah. still, it's a teen behind the numbers. Yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're a teenager. So let them still, like they're, they still have some maturing to do. They just made, you know, quote unquote, a mistake and just let them still grow up. So that's yeah. my, my portion of that part. Because I'm pretty sure there are other people who are either currently going through that or have gone through that and are still probably dealing with certain things with that because they're still dealing with the fact that they had a child out of wedlock. So they think that God hasn't forgiven them. And I'm like, God loves you. Like he already forgave you. Like there is there you you don't you don't even have to worry about that. Right. So. Yeah. But if anybody else wanted to chime in. I was going to hop in and say, I feel like. Christianity, a lot of times, especially when you're long, you, you're young, I don't know what word I was about to use, y'all. <laughs> um, it just seems like it's danged if you do, danged if you don't. If you mm-hmm. have a baby, it's an issue that you had a baby. If you have an abortion, it's an issue that you had an abortion. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, granted, they both come out of the same sin, which is, you know, having sex prior to marriage. But at the same token, it's kind of like a lot of times we address the issue after it's already in process instead of really having those conversations at the beginning exactly exactly i think that's a big thing for me you know Mm -hmm. what kind of stood out to me in what you just said Charday, is that i feel like especially in your youth a lot of times you are discovering christ through the lenses of other people Mm -hmm. so it's like you're not really giving yourself an opportunity to get to know christ for yourself Mm -hmm. and what that journey looks like for yourself so a lot of times when you're making mistakes you're reaching out to other people, I guess, kind of seeking advice and man, how do I handle this, you know, with the relationship that I have with Christ instead of looking at or taking the back seat to say, man, I made this mistake, but with the relationship that I have with Christ, how, how does Christ step in and he and I both, you know, not necessarily resolve the issue, but how does Christ deal personally with me? Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I think about the letter that I heard the most is that, you know, when she was in that situation, she was seeking for a lot of approval. And I can understand mm-hmm. it because right. if you if you made a, a mistake and and I don't think it's an issue. I just think with this particular I don't even want to I'm really I'm trying to choose the best words because I don't want to say it's a mistake either. But with the decision that she did make. The difference between her decisions and a lot of decisions that we made as youth is that you could see hers. And so a lot of people 
make mistakes also. And they're able to just sweep it underneath the rug Mm -hmm. and you're able to go on about your day. But now she literally has uh, a a decision that she's made that she's birthing for nine months. Mm -hmm. And even when I think about that and the process of man, uh, birthing a decision of nine months and literally having someone condemn you for a nine month period. And then she said that was the easy part. Like that was the easy part to go through that. Like it's, it's, it's really, for me, it's like, I don't, I, I, I really don't know kind of what to say. Oftentimes it definitely makes me think about like Mary in the Bible when she, you know, when she was impregnated by the Holy spirit with Jesus and, and the condemnation that she felt in that moment. And, and the Bible kind of touches on it a little bit, mm-hmm. but it doesn't like fully expound on it. But I think, I think one of the, the things that kind of stood out to me and just the conversations that we're having thus far, is like, man, I, I almost wish I could see how, I guess, how her life would be if she had a personal, like a very close relationship with Christ, with just her and Christ at that in moment. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you say that, Lauren. Go ahead, Dave. I didn't want to no, no, no. I was going to say that's good. That's good. I, I love that you said that, Lauren, because do you still have the letter up, Shredding, by chance? It's yeah, not, I it's do. All, it's all good. Can you read the last line? Because it was a question. And that really was like the most impactful part to me. And I was like, oh, okay. She said, um, how does a Christian woman get a divorce and still be virtuous? And that to me was like so profound because I'm hearing a woman who is under the assumption that if she gets a divorce, she is not virtuous, you know, because she has it right there. That's what I'm hearing. And I, I hear the perspective of what she's saying kind of correlates to what Lauren said about that personal relationship again, because technically, and I just looked it up. So I'm going to read it to y'all. It virtuous by definition, it says having or showing high moral standards. And I have to believe in the pit of my heart and I'm not giving advice. I'm not saying get a divorce, I'm getting divorced because it's really not my place. And I know we had a conversation prior to recording, like, you know, that's really not something for us to, to, you know, give advice on. However, we can speak to just different situations that she's found herself in. Um, What I will say is having a desire to raise your children in a healthy home, in a healthy environment where they can see their mother be loved um, is in fact virtuous. Like that is in fact showing high moral standards. Wanting to um, get closer to God, to have a better understanding and realizing that, you know, the relationship you had with him whenever you had your first child and when you got married is nowhere near where you are right now. Those are virtuous traits. So you, my dear, just speaking to her, because I want to talk to her. I'm talking to you, sis. I wrote the letter. Like, you are, in fact, virtuous. So women that are listening, like, your virtue isn't, like, stripped away because you've sinned and you've had sex or you had a child or the people in the church made you feel away because shame is real and it can drive you to do things that are just completely out of the will you know, of God. Yes, we should be married before we have children, but just because you have a child, it doesn't take away um, how much God loves for you, the call that he has in your life, the different things that he can use to impact you, your voice. Um, we had other speakers prior to like Janisha and just other women who have found themselves in situations like that. And listen, these women out here get into empowering other women. They're raising your child. They're moving on with their lives. So I wanted to speak to the fact that that is a lie straight from the pit of hell, straight from the enemy. And we're not going to let you believe that you are in fact virtuous. 
Um, and God can still do whatever he wants to do through and around you. And if for whatever reason, because I believe that God can do exceedingly above all that I can think and imagine. And I'm going to believe that for you as well, whoever's listening. Um, I to say that if you so choose to get a divorce, you won't meet someone who is incapable of having children. It would love to have a house for the kids running around. You know, like we just can't limit God and say, oh, my God, I'm damaged goods or oh, my God, because that's just a lie. That's my soapbox. I, I agree. Um, because I wanted to address especially that part where what she say, I, I know that I'm not the most oh, I know I'm not what most people would consider marketable marketable at this point. Yeah, uh, girl, mm-hmm. this ain't uh-huh. this ain't this ain't that dude on YouTube. I'm not even gonna say his name because he mm-hmm. doesn't deserve any acknowledgement like that. <laughs> like we d- this is what I don't understand. A man can have 10 baby mamas and his Talk about value it. as a man is not any less. You know, he's still a man. He's still mm-hmm. such and such. He's still all of that. But a woman can have one baby daddy and uh, four kids and she's not marketable? Let's mm-hmm. be, come on now. Uh, yep. Why as women are we held to a certain standard that men are not held to like let's stop that first of all have the children and most of the time in most scenarios if a person is single the kids be with the mom yeah well here's the thing first of all as women we're not products so what are you marketing exactly we're not products (laughs) we are not products so i don't i don't even get the whole marketing term i mean i i get what she's saying in terms of she doesn't feel like she's marketable and I, I understand how that can come from a place, especially with her, you know, speaking about her marriage and feeling like she's been beat down mentally and emotionally in her marriage. But I'm talking about day. I'm talking about a mindset. If you go into the picture and you say, I'm not even a product. So for you to say that I'm Mark, well, I mean, what are you even talking about? It's almost like when we talk about the terminology of I have to test it out, but I have to test drive it before I before I buy it or something like people are in cars. So, I mean, what are you talking about? And I think that's that the bigger picture that I want her to understand is that it's the mindset. You have to adjust the mindset because once you adjust the mindset, then you can move a lot differently. One thing I've realized about, you know, men um, and just seeing how because I have a lot of guy friends. They look and see how a woman carries herself and they can see confidence from a mile away. And my thing is, you know, to this young lady is I understand, you know, life has happened and you got a lot on your plate right now that you're dealing with. But I would just encourage her to find that confidence that exists on the inside of her and allow for that. If you're going to talk about something that's going to be marketable, allow for that to be the very first thing I see before anything, because now you got babies that's looking at you, too. It's not just people you got. You literally have offspring. And my thing is, you it, it's, it's probably going to be a daily fight for sure. You know, even me as a young woman, making sure I take care of myself. You know, it's a daily thing. Like, all right, Lauren, you got to get up. You got to do this. You got to do. And it's not for nobody else. In the end of the day, it's for me. It's so that I could feel my my best self. And so my thing that I want to encourage her as a mother, as a daughter, even right now, she's a wife. So even as a wife, even if your husband ain't doing what he's supposed to do, you still a wife, sis. Get up every day and take care of yourself. Make sure you're good, you know, because like I said, you have babies now that are looking, you're their mother. So I don't know. 
I love how black people end a statement with, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree. Um, it's crazy because I was having a discussion with someone up to last night and we were talking about like, you know how when you are going through something or whatnot, or you say, well, I got kids, I got kids. But I was like, no, hold on, even strip away the kids. Like at the end of the day, you as yourself, you deserve more. Like not because it's like we me being a parent right now, th- we use that statement a lot. Well, I got children at home. So listen, you ain't finna do this, this and this to me. No, the kids are very important. Trust me, they are like th- those children are my life. However, outside of those children, I am just as important because if, if I'm not if I'm not taken care of, listen, the whole the whole structure of our household will be a mess. So she has to see the value in herself yeah. first before anything. And then we go from there. Um, I'm trying to think if I want to touch this point before or after our break. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I won't touch that part yet, but I just, think, I think that go was, ahead, go ahead. I think the part about you as a person, like not even putting, placing priority on anything externally, but saying like, I'm important. You know what I mean? I think that that is a, that is a big, big piece. You know, we can definitely be like, you know, I I got this or I got that or whatever, but Mm -hmm. you know, to whoever's in that type of situation. And what I got from the letter is just this feeling of being trapped. Mm -hmm. And I realized, That doesn't have to be in a marriage. It could be in a job. It could be um, in a financial state. It could be, it could, it doesn't have to be a marriage, but that feeling of being trapped and like, how do I get out of this situation that I potentially got myself into, but I need to get out of it. And I Mm -hmm. think that starting with, I am important as a person, I am important to God. What I have to offer the earth is important. And for those reasons, I have to make sure that I'm good. And I think that statement in and of itself is, you know, speaks volume. So I definitely think that was something that hit me in the letter was her saying, like, I got to prove everybody wrong and I got to, you know, do this and I got to do that. And it's kind of like, man, bump them people, bump them people. Because where them people at? That's all I'd be saying. Where the people at? Yeah. And the, the Bible also says that there's a way of escape. So, yeah. I mean, I just. That's the first thing that came to my mind when I when I read the letter. It's like the word of God says that there's always a way of escape. So if you're in, if you're in a position where you don't like what's happening, God is giving you He's giving you a way of escape. And I think it's just seeking God and what that looks like for you. God would not bring you this far to leave you. And if you're feeling like you're in a position where you just like God, I I need something because this ain't working out. You know, I think continue to see God for direction and he would literally bring you through whatever it is that you're going through. That's yeah. just my personal experience. I mean, my my personal opinion about it. Um, and I think, too, this is one thing I, I can say, because I've 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 had family members. I've had friends who've encountered having um, babies at an early age um, prematurely than what they wanted to. And a lot of them, you know, now now most of us are in our 30s. 
a lot of them say, you know, when they look back at it, they said it was tough going through. You know, they said the process of birthing a child and now raising a child and having to immediately become an adult, really. They said that was tough, but they said they wouldn't change it. They said because when they think about who they are as a person and the level of strength that they have now, they said it's all due to that. And my thing that I would also encourage her to do is look at your level of strength. It's like you, you have already gone through so much. And I'm not saying continue to endure through that if that's something that your heart is telling you not to do. But I'm saying if God has already equipped you to make it through what you've already made it through, truly, God has given you enough strength to bring you out of the situation completely. And so it, it might be a thing of like, you know, Simon, when he said, God, give me a little bit more strength to knock down these walls so that, you know, I can, I can get myself up out of here. But if that's what it is, if you like, okay, God, give me a little more strength so that I can pull down these pillars that are, that are just weighing me down. Yeah. Then that's, that's the prayer that you need to pray. And I think that God is, will do it. Yeah. He will do it for sure. One of the things that, um, and I know we replied to the letter, one of the things that was in there was this space where I feel like church politics and religion put so many people in bondage that Jesus and his grace literally came to free us from. And it's so frustrating that God sets you free and the church comes and like, it's like, nope. <laughs> and it's, that is so frustrating in so many spaces. And so I would, you know, tell anybody who's in a trap situation who feels like, you know, God isn't pleased if they make, you know, a different decision. The, a life in Christ promises freedom, period. You know what I mean? And being free from, from mental turmoil and being free from like all of these things that are not of God is what, you know, you confess, you look in the word and, and you say, God, this is what your word promises. And so either one or two things has to change. Either my position has to change or the situation I'm in has to change. But either way, God, I'm leaning on you and I am literally putting a demand on your word that says these things. And so something has to change, whether that's me moving out or whether while I'm in it, there's a complete, you know, 180 on the person that I'm with to ensure that it is in alignment with what God says is good for me. So, yeah. Denise, were you about to say something? No. Okay. Um, all right. Well, we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. Save Girl Secrets is brought to you by Feed Her. Head over to www.feedher.co for more information. What's up, Secret Sisters? This is your sister, Lauren, coming to you today with your Monday motivation. And this one comes from Pastor Keon. And it simply says, if you tried to fix the past, then the present wouldn't want you. I'm going to let that sit with y'all for today because that touched me. Okay. Praying that you all have a blessed Monday. Until next time. Love and peace. Bye. All right, ladies, we are back uh, and we got this juicy, juicy, juicy letter. Um, so it's one part of the letter that I wanted to talk about. And uh, I said I was going to wait till after the break was the part about divorce. Um, all right. So um, Ayana, this this is very serious. 
the whole, the whole voice change and everything about divorce. I'm being serious. For, okay, so here's the thing. There has been, this is in the letter, there has been infidelity, lying, mismanagement of money, no help with children. You I wish it. I've been through it. Because Ayana's <laughs> neck row goes with what she's saying, and y'all can't see it. And the hands. And the hands. You name it, it's been through with him. I've been through it with him. So, that first one, that first one, that first one, infidelity. Um, of course, I'm still not going to tell you what to do because I've seen God restore all. Yes. I've seen him restore some marriages and all of that. However, I will say this because you said also that there is no change. There is no improvement. There is no nothing. And you said, you know what you, you already know what you got to do. So, um, this is for anybody listening, not just the young lady who wrote the letter, um, especially when it comes to infidelity. Listen, sis, sisters, he already broke that covenant. So you sitting there trying to uphold your part of the covenant and he broke it. Uh, <laughs> you can do whatever you want to do after that. Just being honest. He broke it. Uh, you know, so I'm going to let you expound and think on that i'm gonna let the holy spirit deal with the people on that with that that's all i'll say with that i'm not gonna go too much into it but he broke the covenant what about for so, better or for worse he still okay broke the now covenant. when you say worse what you mean <laughs> you don't yeah. open that door because like for uh, you know like and I appreciate it's you. It's a serious question, that. though. Some people, no, sis, you know what? You know what? What is also <laughs> serious? Uh oh. <laughs> what the word has to say about how a man treats his wife—that's also serious. As Christ loved the church, it's I want somebody. Y- I wish y'all could see Denise's neck roll. <laughs> because I really think it's always such a double standard about what a woman should be, how much of a wife. And here we have this young woman pouring her heart out to, I'm, I'm, we're not really strangers because, you know, you are sister by, at this point. But you literally have this young lady pouring her heart out to us, seeking some sort of guidance, you know, because mm-hmm. as a church, we've gotten it wrong. And the church does get it wrong. But there's no accountability whatsoever for men when we have conversations like this. Yeah. Being a provider, being the head of his household. Our pastor did an amazing series that I absolutely loved on, you know, how a man should govern and a man should be mm-hmm. the source and a resource for his wife. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just, in my opinion, actually, no, in my opinion, <laughs> if you have exhausted all that you possibly could have and you have done all that you know to do, Okay. And you find it in, in the word and you do all that you can. And, and there's a way of escape. You said that actually, Lauren. You said it first. Not Ayana. You did. <laughs> you you said did. The she did. First she said the Lord she provide. Did. First Corinthians 10 and 13 says that mm-hmm. the Lord will provide a way of escape. Okay. Yep. Okay. And I would say it's just not the Lord's will for any woman to be in a situation. And this topic is, it really hits hard for me. As you guys know, the, the ladies don't know because I have an aunt that suffered domestic violence and that situation ended in a homicide suicide. So I will always be an advocate for, mm-hmm. you know, seeking the Lord's wisdom and he gives us common sense and he, we have the Holy spirit to listen to. Yep. So the, the mere fact that this was an inkling of, I heard something, let me reach out. 
you know, you know what your spirit in your heart is telling you. Yep. To do. Of, yeah. of course, you want us to confirm, but but the Holy Spirit is already your confirmation. Yep. But it is not the Lord's will for anyone to be in a situation that is like yeah. that. Yeah. So you know, th- go ahead. Go ahead. I am. No, I was just saying that's that's where I'm at with that, especially when it comes to the divorce aspect. You know what God is telling you to do, and He's already broken that covenant. Um, so you know, I think the and that's the thing that the church. I know I, I hope y'all listening when I say the church, I'm not talking about all churches because we there I'm talking about talking about religious tradition. I'm talking religious yeah. tradition. So I just want y'all to want y'all to know um, religious traditions do not acknowledge the fact that the covenant was broken. Right. You know, they just the be like, oh. is, sorry, Ayana, this mm-hmm. is just you up in my spirit. The crazy part is. In the covenant, in the law, before we even got the grace, it said adultery could result in divorce. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was the one reason that they said that you could get a divorce. You should get divorced. Yeah. That's true. But they That's skip true. over that. They skip over that because of they want to sh- they want to show face. You know, they want to. It's a facade. They want to keep up with the. And that's the case, Ayanna. I feel like sometimes love really has you blindsided. And we've seen instances like that where a lot of girls. I agree. I agree. However, I have seen a lot of women stay in relationships mainly because of the church. It ain't got nothing to do with love. They sit there in turmoil at home, but they won't uh, make the necessary adjustments or whatever because it's like, what will the church think? What will the church say? And then a lot of times I've seen this as well. Women, uh, people get divorced. And guess who has to leave the church? The what? woman. So why she got to leave? The man dates somebody That's else real. in the same church. That's yeah. real. That's real. So if y'all didn't hear her, she said it's usually because the man is dating somebody else in the church. So. Uh-huh. Well, it made, <laughs> Sips it, my made water. Me, it made me pick up um an old Bible study of mine because I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if I ever studied on divorce and um not necessarily, but it, it brought me back to a, a scripture that I was studying and it was Luke 22 um, and 42. And I could just give you like a synopsis of what it was about, but it was about when uh Jesus was in the garden of uh, Gethsemane and he asked, he asked God to allow for the cup to pass from him, pretty much asking God, um, you know, God, I don't, you know, is there a possibility where I don't have to go through this crucifixion? And so it made me um, ask the question to myself. I said, how many times do we wrestle with the commitment of things that God has, you know, designed for our lives? And so, or God, you know, has, I don't want to say purpose, because I don't think God purposes divorce, but I mentioned divorce as one of those things that, you know, sometimes you have to make the commitment to do. Um, and what I thought was so interesting about the prayer that God, that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, you know, God, allow for this cup to be removed from me, but then God sent him angels to strengthen him. And I thought that that was interesting because I felt like that wasn't the prayer. <laughs> I felt like in that moment, Jesus prayed and said, Hey, 
I want this cup to be removed. I ain't trying to go through this. And God was like, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you strength. And so, you know, listen to this story or this letter that this young lady is writing. I don't know. It brings me back to the point that I made earlier. It's like sometimes in life we're praying and we're asking God to make it work out a certain way that we want it to work out. And God is like, I'm going to have it work out this way, but I'm going to have it work out in the way that I want it to work out. So that might be a a season of him sending you strength. That might be a season of him sending you discernment as to like what to do. But I think in order for you to get to that place, you have to have a really transparent dialogue between you and Christ, letting him know exactly how you feel, letting him know like, hey, I, I ain't signed up for this. Like this ain't what This isn't really what I I wanted or what I envisioned. And I know there's some things that I may have done wrong, but I know that you are a God that can bring me through this and that can see me through it. And so for me, that's that's what I I really want to emphasize to her is that, you know, really go to God. And it kind of brings me back to our last episode, too, where we were talking about faith, you know, and, and how we need to be detailed in our faith. And and I feel like in order to kind of get to that position, you really got to be truthful, transparent with Christ. And God ultimately brings that transformation for you, for sure. So I don't know. I appreciate that. I think there was one thing um, that I kind of wanted us to just to touch on, because there may be to the beginning of the conversation, ladies who find themselves in this situation and they're having to make a decision of, you know, do I get married? Do I, you know, what do I do about this baby? You know, all of that. And the beginning of the conversation, uh, when she said they moved in together, the context that I got was that there was input from outside sources that felt like they were shacked. And that led to a marriage. One, the marriage was never truly a covenant or a commitment. Like I commit to this man, I, you know, am going to be all that God says that I am. That was really not the foundation of the marriage. And that's just something important to point out. So I think when God is in a thing, I'm not going to say, you know, I don't, I don't really want to be too vague, but like when you get married, just to get married. I think there's discernment for sure. I think so, but I think it depends on your level of maturity or the type of, uh, not necessarily maturity, maturity in Christ. So, yeah. and at that age, mm-hmm. it was clear and she was honest. She didn't have that level of maturity before she made that decision, which we see a result in um, not necessarily unequally yoked because it seems like he's at a different stage in his maturity or his relationship with Christ than she is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's just also something to take into consideration. A lot of times when we're talking about for better or for worse, you're thinking about two people who really want to be together, who desire marriage, who desire to honor God, not two people rushing into a situation to clean up a thing to get right before the Lord. You're already right. That wasn't the perspective upon the union. So yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of times we're trying to put something in context and make it apply to a situation that really it yeah. didn't even start the way that we're trying to, you know, I guess make yep. it start is what I want. I to think do. Denisa brought up a point for me that that is important to mention. And I mean, y'all can chime in and let me know how y'all feel about this. But this idea that we create something on our own and then expect God to be responsible for it. But God is not the originator of it. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we go to God and we're like, God, fix this, fix this, fix this. And the thing that comes to mind for me in the word is the Ishmael and Isaac situation. Mm. When it's kind of like there was 
pressure to create something. And it's like, so I'm just going to create something. But at the same time, it's kind of like, God is like, I ain't tell you to do that. That was not a move that came from me. And what I want to say to give our sister hope is even in that situation, they still got Isaac. So it's like, you can make a wrong move. You can make a mistake. You know, 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says that God will provide a way of escape. And when you look at what God wants to do for you, the promise is still there. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have anything for you. And whether, like I said before, whether that looks like repairing, you know, what she already has or it being in a new situation at the end of the day, um, God still has something for her. He's not going to leave her hanging, but I do feel like we do that a lot as Christians, as Christian women, where we do something and it's like, Oh God bless this. And he like that, not, that's not from me. I'm not in the business of fixing something I didn't create in the first place. So. I mean, I think, I think I hear what you're saying. And there's a part of me that agree with you too. But then there's a part of me that says, you know, we've had this conversation. So I remember we were all in the car. I don't know where we was headed. We was all in the car though. Right, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> no, we were, going like, some we, food. we were hanging out on a weekend. <laughs> and we were talking about God's perfect will for our lives versus God's will for our lives. And I feel like that's when, that's the separation, right? I feel like if you are truly operating in what God has blessed and what God has truly brought together, then you're operating in his perfect will for your life. But I feel like God can change. He literally can change. And Ayana mentioned this earlier. God can change a situation for the better if that's what he chooses to do. And I think that that's when God's, that's when God's will steps in. Right. And so sometimes we are out of his perfect will. Because even if we, if we mention the, the, the situation between Isaac and Ishmael, you know, that would that caused a whole generation of people to have war against each other if you in the grander scheme of things. Yeah. And I don't believe that that was God's perfect will for that situation. But in that, it still brought in God was still able to get the glory out of that in several instances. And so, first of all, I don't think that that's our concern. I don't think it is our concern to to worry about what will God get glory out of concerning this situation. Yeah. I think it is just when we find ourselves in a position of of, of disobedience, meaning we've done something that we know God did not intend to be within his perfect will for our lives. It is, it is our main objective. This is just my opinion to make sure we get back in alignment with what he has for our lives, what he decides to get the glory out of. That's his decision. But as long as you're operating and what he's called you to do and functioning in, in however God speaks to you, then he's going to get the glory out of whatever that is. Just yeah. even the fact of her writing this letter to this platform, we don't know how many women is blessing, you know, hearing the podcast. That yeah. in itself can get the glory out of what this she's gone great. through. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So first of all, I thank her for her obedience of even doing that. But I just want to encourage her to just continue to stay strong and getting back. And it's, it's, a, it's a tussle to get back in alignment when you found yourself out of alignment because you're thinking you could be doing good and you find something else done happening. You're like, oh, well, I'm not as aligned as I thought I was. You know, so my thing is to her is just to continue to just press. I love that word, to just continue to press. And God got her. He already, he already knew 
what was going to happen as it concerns her life. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. That's why I said no matter which way, he can repair the situation or it could be a new situation. But no matter what it is, like you said, Lauren, he can use whatever to get the glory for sure. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we just, we hit it right there. Honestly, ladies, like I think, listen, I just pray that she takes all of what we said and just, you know, allow Holy Spirit to move and, you know, confirm some things that she already know. Cause she said she already know. So Yeah. yeah. It looked like she was just waiting for somebody to give her the green light. Mm-hmm. But like Denise has said, the Holy Spirit is your confirmation, sis. Exactly. He's going to let you know what you need to do. Because even if you start to go in a different direction, the Holy Spirit good for yoking you up and be like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Real quick. Yep. And I would say uh, blur out the noise of what other people have as it concerns like the opinions of your relationship or what's going on in your life, or how you handling your kids. In the end of the day, it's you. It's mm-hmm. you, your babies, and your husband. Even though, you know, what y'all going through is what y'all going through. In the end of the day, it's y'all. And nobody's going to be there other than you and God. So if God tells you to stay, you know, bump whatever, whatever someone else has to say about your relationship. If that's what God tells you to do, if God tells you to leave, Bump whatever somebody has to say with about your relationship. Just do what God tells you to do and be um, be unapologetic about it. Just move how he tells you to move. And like I said, blur out whatever other people have to say about your relationship and just allow for that to be your your gasoline to keep you going. But you got four other sisters out here praying for you. And we are decreeing and declaring that all is well with you. Yes. Um, and we're going to be praying over you and your city. Like we've already had, when we read the letter, we was like, ooh, let's, let's pray about this. But, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to continue to do that. And I would love to hear an update from you. I really would. I would love to hear an update. And we here as a community and even the four of us, we believe in not updating until we've made it past it. So I encourage you, you know, once you get past this and you will get past it, mm-hmm. okay? we speaking and declaring yes. that, yes. that whatever the case may be, you will get past and it's going to work out for your better. But whatever that looks like, we want to hear from you. And it doesn't have to be a letter we can read out out loud. We just want to check on our sisters. It's a yep. check in. Yeah. So make sure you do that. Write to us as well. And we would love to hear from you. Yes, definitely. Sister Evangelist Lauren. <laughs> yeah, she was tapping in right then. She mm-hmm. was. Yes. All right. Anything else, ladies? I think no. Lauren gave us the part in words. I did. We yeah. can't do that. I don't even know what to, what to say. I want to yeah. say something, but it's not in regards to the letter. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say to let you all know that it's been an amazing 100 episodes and mm-hmm. the mere fact that we've created a community and we've created a space where women really feel you know safe and they feel mm-hmm. um just this letter as an example it actually was a perfect 100th episode that we've created mm-hmm. something that women feel that they can pour in and share their most intimate secrets and know that we truly honor and uplift and keep them to me I, it's, i'm grateful to be able to do this with you all so happy 100 to us yes and we've been consistent for a hundred episodes. Come a on, a lot of people don't get to a hundred now. So people don't get to the they don't get to fifty. They don't get to fifty. Praise, <laughs> praise the Lord. Um, Hallelujah. 
one thing that I, I just love is just the response. Like everyone who might message in or uh, send a DM or whatnot, it's always the same. Like, I love you guys. I love how real you are. So um, I appreciate that. And I appreciate that feedback, um, especially in a world where you have been trained. As, well, not even in a world in, you know, because all of us are it's Save Girl Secrets. We're Christians. And uh, in the church, you've been trained to be not to be so candid mm-hmm. and not to be so real, Very not true. not to be so, um, you know, truth, transparency, transparency and transformation. You know, you, you're not you're, you're taught to just, you know, keep to yourself and, you know, you don't say this, don't say that. So I'm just thankful for people just receiving us for who we are as women our opinions how we express them our differences respecting our differences so i I really appreciate that amen well thanks ladies for a great 100th episode if this if the 100th episode happens to be your first episode welcome to the secret sisterhood we invite you to literally subscribe to us on all podcast platforms. If you are a woman with a secret and you just want some advice or a community of women to pray over you and pour into you, feel free to send us a secret letter to savedgirlsecrets at gmail.com. Be sure you're following us on all social media platforms at Save Girl Secrets on Instagram and Facebook at Save Girl Secret No S on Twitter. Um, I don't think I have anything else. You guys? No. All right. We, we love we love you. We love, love you. Love and peace, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.